Welcome to Is This Love podcast brought to you by your relationship specialist and neuropsychotherapist, Joe Wilson of the Confidant Counseling. Great relationships make us healthier, happier, and can even extend your life. Enjoy my strategies to navigating love along with other experts in my field on this podcast. You can find all my weekly newspaper column articles at theconfidantcounseling.com. I'm sowing seeds of happiness into your winter and passing on a beautiful little go-to designed to keep your relationships thriving as well as beat off depression and anxiety. As featured last week, I had the honour of interviewing US neuropsychologist Dr John Arden and he's devised a handy acronym that creates a happy and a healthy brain. So don't forget to post up a few notes on your bathroom mirror for a constant reminder for a fulfilling lifestyle. Enjoy my interview with him. So we're here with Dr. John Arden, and I'm very privileged to be speaking to a person who's just written the mind-brain-gene connection towards psychotherapy. Actually, I might just ask you, who is the book directed towards? Um, Well, well, hopefully the book is directed towards the general audience, but I I would imagine that uh, most healthcare professionals might find it most useful Mm. because the the whole concept is that healthcare is changing Mm -hmm. in the world. And so primary care physicians, nurse practitioners, and, and so on, as well as you and I, mental health practitioners, and all, all, all of us are in this new, uh, really exciting uh, development, mm. whereby we're collaborating in a far more efficient sort of way. We're knowing more about the effects of diet, exercise, the way you manage your life and everything has huge effects on your immune system, your gene expression and so on. So the book Mind Brain Gene is uh, directed towards that integration. Oh, tell How, us some more. Yes. So, so yeah. you know, the genes that you're uh, endowed with mm. uh, aren't always expressed. You know, we used to uh, be thinking, I don't mean I was, but some people uh, were thinking that uh, genes are sort of hardwired yes, and I have bad genes yeah. and therefore I've got depression or therefore I've got anxiety. It's a ludicrous, simplistic idea. In fact, mm. geneticists call that uh, uh, genetic astrology. Which means, in, a, in effect, oh, come on now. You think things are that simple? Uh, <laughs> no. There is no such thing as a depression gene or an anxiety gene and, and so on. It's a kind of a useful way for the pharmaceutical companies to think. Yes. Uh, for Avos, yes. think. Uh, because there's a, then a medication for each one of these. But actually, it turns out that some of these medications are actually complicating your mm. recovery, mm. especially the benzodiazepines. I call it the garbage of the healthcare system. Wow. Make people more anxious, mm. not less anxious. Makes it worse. Exactly. So your genes can be turned on or turned off based on your lifestyle. And your immune system has a huge effect on your capacity to think clearly, your ability to, uh, to uh, navigate through the world in an effective way with a positive approach, with, without much dysphoria, you know, feeling bad about yourself and having anxiety and, and depression. Because the immune system is an orchestrator of neurochemicals and all sorts of uh, different factors that can actually complicate your mood Mm. and so or even shrink your brain if you have chronic inflammation now here's the problem our brains can get smaller yeah and 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 how do you get your brain smaller eat a lot of junk 
Okay. And so don't move much. So this is where you use that, well, the, the MAD acronym, the MAD American diet, which I think we could also call the MAD Australian <laughs> diet. Fast or the food. Western world. The Western <laughs> yeah. world. And we know now that the Western diet, which is basically a lot of simple carbohydrates and fried foods, mm. uh, contributes to actual brain shrinkage. The left, pre, uh, the left hippocampus area shrinks with the Western diet. Also contributes to depression, anxiety, and dementia. So, this is significant. <laughs> oh, this is, this is uh, shocking. Yes. Really. And that's what we're experiencing right now. Right now, we have a pandemic in the Western world of obesity, mm -hmm. w overweight people, like three quarters of the people in the United States are overweight. Mm. And a lot of them have prediabetes and diabetes type 2. Mm. Uh, in part because they're eating a lot of junk and not moving much. Mm. And they have no idea whether they feel so bad. Mm. And they don't have as much energy. And so diet and exercise, two fundamental aspects of that mnemonic seeds that you were wanting to talk <gasps> seeds. about. Seeds. I want to hear about your acronym. Yeah. <laughs> so what does seeds stand for? So there are five healthy factors that have been um, well-researched uh, throughout the world in terms of uh, longevity, mm -hmm. the foundation for mental health, the foundation for the ability to navigate through the world with some sense of vibrancy and all that. So the five healthy factors are encoded in the mnemonic seeds. So plant seeds, cultivate seeds on a daily basis, or your brain is going to be compromised, your body's going to be compromised, your mood's going to be compromised, your thinking ability is going to be compromised compromise even down to the telomere level that's the caps on the ends of your chromosomes they shrink too quickly you're gonna age more quickly and we don't want that exactly so what are the five healthy factors social mm -hmm. I'll go through them entirely and then we'll come back one yes. one per one uh, so social is the first S mm -hmm. uh, and then the first E is exercise mm -hmm. uh, the second E is education the D is diet, mm -hmm. and the last S is sleep. So let's go through them individually. And remember, every one of them needs to be practiced daily, or you get shrinkage of your telomeres, your immune system doesn't work so well, your brain doesn't function well, your body's out of whack, everything. So we know now because uh, of a lot of fascinating research in what we call social neuroscience, as well as our field, which mm -hmm. is mental health, psychology, and so on, that if you don't have good, vibrant, reciprocal relationships, now I underline that because many people have not so reciprocal relationships. In mm -hmm. other words, uh, they're in a domestic violence situation or they're being compromised all the time or whatever. If I'm caring for you, you're caring for me mm. as well. Mm. Your friends, your relatives, your partner, and, and yes. your family and all that. Uh, then you uh, gain benefits at multiple levels in terms of your immune system, gene expression, mood, cognition. Fundamentally important. Yes. Uh, because we are social, we are incredibly social creatures. And is this where the trusted therapeutic alliance is so important as well? Absolutely. Yes. I mean, we, that's the foundation for what we do. Mm. If you don't have that, 
good luck. Exactly. <clears throat> and it is so important. That's why I tell people that it's really important to find that person that you do feel that you can trust and that you're in a comfortable space that they make you feel comfortable enough to, to achieve growth. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you as a relationship specialist mm. uh, know quite well that uh, it's a challenge yes. to learn how to have intimacy with another person mm. because it's not about you, it's about we. Yes. <laughs> and that's a challenge. Yes, and but sometimes if we can experience a we, like you yeah. with your husband and me yeah. and my wife and so on, uh, if we can have a we that's mutually supportive, mutually nourishing, it's incredibly important for yes. our health and yes. longevity. We live longer. That's yes, right. Yes, exactly. Yes, it's proven. Yeah. And we're in a healthy, happy relationship. We live longer. Exactly. Yeah. And we have a larger brain, it seems. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, and the E. What does the E stand for? Uh, the first E is exercise, aerobic exercise. So what we're really talking about, the necessity to move at least 30 minutes a day at an aerobic level, mm. meaning getting your heart pumping, sweating a little bit, and uh, uh, going beyond your normal walking kind mm. of uh, okay. routine. So I've got to amp it up a little bit. Exactly. So let's say your dose, your dose is minimal, 30 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really fortunate to, to live on a ridge top and I just to get to my mailbox is a aerobic boost because it, I, it's a, a good mile and three quarters just to go up and down, but I also go down about 500 feet. Mm -hmm. I should use meters, but you know, <laughs> yeah. sorry. I'm trying to do a quick calculation I, I, yes. there, but we'll say it's, you know, it's a fair yeah. way to get your heart rate up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's a dose. You yeah. need that dose daily. You're gonna sleep better, your mood's gonna be better. Actually, you know what? Exercise is the most powerful antidepressant that we have. Mm. It's better than antidepressant medication, mm -hmm. better than psychotherapy, better than psychotherapy and medication combined for wow. mild and moderate Don't depression. Don't tell the pharmaceutical companies that. Okay, oh, right. yeah, you can't bottle that one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, and what if you get a bill, uh, an invoice, when you get to the letterbox? Does that cancel out <laughs> that good feeling you've well, just then, got from running there? <laughs> well, then you think, well, I hope you're what I bought was a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, okay. <laughs> All right, and the second E. That's education. So you could just say that's learning. Mm. So if you're not learning new things on an ongoing basis, you're not building this infrastructure of connectivity in the brain. Mm. And in fact, later on in life, you build more connections in the brain, you have uh, if you lose cells or have compromises in your brain and all that, hmm. you have more to lose. So you, so you might be losing some, but you don't look like you lost much because you have so much there. Uh-huh. Okay. And so what is learning about? It's making new connections in the brain. So you're going on a regular basis going, oh, I'm curious about this. I'm curious about that. Yes. My father, great example. <clears throat> After he got his law degree around the time I was born, until every single semester uh, of my life... Uh, until he died, yeah. he was going to college. Oh my gosh. He was already a lawyer and a judge and all that. <laughs> wow. And then he you know, went through oceanography, uh, historical geology, computer science. When he died, he was a graduate student in portrait painting. Wow. So, covered it all. Yeah. And so he was constantly hungry for, well, I wonder about this. I wonder about that. Yeah. A real uh, hunger so, for learning. Exactly. Yeah. Actually, I've read about that just this morning about, you know, people who study happiness and you can find happiness in guzzling wine, but true happiness is found in finding out about the wine and finding yes, out exactly. around it, about it, more you know, varieties of it. And that's where the true... Yeah, coin of happiness comes from. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's, yeah. it's curiosity. Yes. It's, it's approaching life with a sense of wonder. Mm. And oh my God, look, there's so many things to learn about. This is incredible. Like our field of healthcare. Yes. 
there's so many really fascinating things. We would things. never stop learning. I don't want to leave this <laughs> after 40 years of being in this uh, subject area. Yeah. Too many things are happening there right now. Yeah. And so that's learning. Yeah. You're going to live for a long time yet. Hey, John. <laughs> All right. And we're up to D. So diet, fundamentally important. We were talking about that earlier mm. with regard to the Western diet. Uh, and we see now there's a multiple destructive uh aspects, multiple destructive symptoms Mm -hmm. of the Western diet. What's the Western diet? The Western diet is a lot of processed foods, Mm. including the simple carbohydrates, which are processed, already digested for you. Right. Uh, Like uh, white flour, white rice, Mm. and all that. It turns into glucose too quickly. You know, it fires up. Uh, And you can create what we refer to as advanced glycation end products, which is the precursors to plaques and tangles, which is associated with Alzheimer's disease and all that. But we also know that people that eat processed foods, simple carbohydrates, are more depressed, Mm. can't think very clearly. Are, are complicated by anxiety and mood swings and all sorts of other things. So mm-hmm. fried foods and simple carbohydrates are actually destructive for the brain. And they burn out the energy factor in cells. These mm-hmm. little organelles called mitochondria, you know, is the cell energy factories and all that. So what we're talking about with diet is the fuel for your brain, your body, and your capacity to think clearly and in a positive sort of way. So mm-hmm. if we're compromised in that area, why wouldn't uh, what you eat be what you feel? Yes, yeah, it just makes sense, but I don't think there's been much focus on this enough until now. <laughs> yeah, and, and a lot of people kind of complain that people like myself are, oh, what are you, some kind of nutrition nut or something? No, Nothing. I'm a healthcare professional. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and your brain is linked to your gut. <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't I want to eat the, the fun things? Well, you know, I'm sitting here eating a salad, and that. it's a fun thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a colorful salad, yes. and you can make it fun. Yes, Yeah, exactly. and finally, the, the last uh, part of the acronym, S. Uh, sleep. So we spend... of our lives asleep. Mm. And it's the quality of sleep that we want to be addressing Mm -hmm. here because there's a sleep architecture, there's slow wave sleep. Mm. The four REMs we need per... uh, Rapid eye movement sleep is actually very similar to what you you and I are experiencing right now. So when you're doing rapid eye movement sleep, that's when you're doing a lot of the the pretty provocative dream Mm -hmm. um, experience. And that's really more in your latter portion of your sleep cycle the slow wave sleep is in the earlier portion of your sleep cycle. So there's a sleep architecture, you know, one through three, mm. basically. Okay. <clears throat> and what we've been doing uh, with our bad diet, not moving much, and complicating by drinking wine or caffeine later on. And screens or, before bedtime. Or screens before bedtime, fooling our brain that it's daytime outside so yeah. we don't secrete the sleeping hormone melatonin and all that but Uh you don't want to take it in a bottle by the way because or a tablet (laughs) or a tablet because then you screw up the brain's ability to clear out the toxins Uh and so that's one of the fundamental new developments in the history of sleep research Mm. that has found that people that take these substances like benadryl like substances or the benzodiazepines or alcohol in the evening or or simple carbohydrates but let's just focus on the drugs uh, have strongly been associated with the production of various problems like plaques and tangles, beta amyloid, and all that, uh, that is associated with Alzheimer's disease later on. I'm not saying the cause of, but what happens during sleep is you've got to have clean sleep. Mm. And clean sleeps allow those toxins to 
get washed out through mm-hmm. your cerebral spinal fluid. And if you're taking those substances that some of them are prescribed for sleep, can you mm. believe it? That actually screw up sleep hygiene and shrink the amount of slow wave sleep that you actually have. So uh, sleep is fundamentally important. It's got to be healthy sleep and it's got to be clean sleep, meaning not complicated by various prescribed substances, over-the-counter substances, or alcohol. Mm. You mentioned wine earlier. Actually, not very good for your brain. Mm. Uh, What about just once a day? Well, I mean, yeah, the the earlier the better, so not because the you don't want to have it. Uh, not the morning. <laughs> I gotta wake up. That's that's with my oatmeal. I pour it on my oatmeal. Because <laughs> Doctor John Allen said yeah. not later. I mean, I lived in the wine country of Northern California for Santa about thirty seven uh, okay, years. Right. No, yeah, Santa Fe is more recent. Okay, but for thirty seven years, the, the Napa, Napa Valley, Napa Valley, okay. and the Sonoma Valley, and all yes. that, and people would wake up in the middle of the night around two o'clock in the morning and not be able to get back to sleep around to, until four. And they go, what do Why? I do? And I'd ask them, well, are you drinking anything at night? Yeah, I'm drinking a glass or two of wine at night. What's your problem? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'd say, well, what happens with alcohol if you drink it at night is you're blockading one neurotransmitter called glutamate and uh, it's acting like a counterfeit version of the one that mellows you out, which mm. is called GABA. Mm. And a couple hours later, the glutamate blockade is lifted and you get all jacked up at two o'clock in the morning. Bad time to get all jacked up. Not helpful. Yeah, but no. of course they would joke back to me and say, but John, it's good wine. <laughs> oh, 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 sorry about that. I, you know, I thought it was one of those cheap bottles. Well, the, who, the brain doesn't care if it's a cheap wine or, a, or expensive wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, all this time I thought it was good for my heart. So, well, you know yeah. what? That, that, there's a lot of complicating and negating research most recently. Uh, and you know what? A lot of the wine research is, is, uh, was based on was the red wine and specifically the Pinot grape and the organic one. Because, oh. you know, yeah, trust me, think that's the, the, one that you you, the wine you're drinking is complicated by all sorts of chemicals. <laughs> trust me, I lived in the vi- near the vineyards, yeah. and they're pouring stuff all over the place. On that, you're drinking chemicals. Mm. Now, organically produced mm. wine, much better for you. And if you want the Resperatrel, you're really not going to get much of it unless you drink a whole lot of wine and that's going to shrink brain cells anyway right. so uh, yeah. give it up <laughs> and and actually you uh and by the way I like wine we're going to have a party here and I'll probably have a half glass or a glass of wine I'm so and all there. that yeah. yeah even after this discussion <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah but like with cake, birthday cake uh why not Moderation. have a birthday cake yes. at a party? But if you have birthday cake every night thinking mm-hmm. it's your birthday every night, that is, there's your problem. Yeah. Yeah. Or a glass of wine every night. Well, okay, you want to have bad sleep and all that. But every once in a while, as Aristotle said, moderation, nothing in access. Yeah. Well, Dr. John Arden, you have planted the seeds of hope for many people listening. And especially if you are suffering from anxiety and depression, I think these have been some amazing tips that have been really simplified in this acronym of SEEDS. So if you want more information, you can check out uh, online for the Mind Brain Gene Connection um, at his website. And thank you for listening. And finally, you do so much all over the world, speaking, writing. Can I ask you a personal question? What do you do for self-compassion and looking after yourself as a clinician and everything you do? Well, uh, in addition to making sure that I, I plant 
and cultivate seeds on a regular basis. What, uh, the real ones? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the real ones, the real ones. I really enjoy meeting people like yourself and traveling around the world. I really enjoy traveling. Yeah. Uh, and especially uh, if I get an opportunity to go to areas of the world that are uh, in troubled situations, like mm. I've been very fortunate to be in the Middle East and helping the aid workers of, of you know, Syrian refugees in West Asia and all that. So I, 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 uh, I think that if we can practice and contribute to the betterment of other people, it's a mental health kind of thing. That I, does it for you, yeah. Well, it actually, through neuroscience, we have we clearly demonstrated <laughs> that if, even if you're depressed, I'm fortunate not to be, but if you were depressed and you can go to a soup kitchen or you know help the homeless or whatever, that's an antidepressant. So yeah. uh, I, I feel good. And we know that there's areas in my brain that are also associated with self-compassion that are related to compassion for others. So if you can communicate to others with some compassion, you're actually feeling compassion for yourself. There's a bi-directional flow of information. Wow, you've just cemented it for us. It was actually Australian Volunteer Week for us here last week, and we talked about just that. So oh, if you're good. feeling down is to just look outwards and help somebody else. So it sounds like that that's doing it for you. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for your time. I'll let you eat the rest of your beautiful, colorful salad now. And thank you for giving up a lot of oh. your lunchtime to oh, speak to I us. Oh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Really that's appreciate a... it. Thank you. Thank Happy you. Happy traveling. Thank you. And wasn't that interesting? Now, stay tuned for my next podcast, which is all about love and lighting up your brain. My next installment on the wonderful world of relationships, happiness, and the brain. You've got to love some fabulous findings about the brain that explains joy and fulfillment. So I bet you can't wait for that one. You can find all my articles on www.theconfidantcounseling.com. Thanks for listening.